Welcome back to Thy Kingdom Pod, a podcast about living in the unfinished mission of Jesus. We are so glad you're listening. In the previous two installments, we discussed colonialism and its counterpart, ethnocentrism, both of which are subjects frequently brought up as proverbial skeletons in the closet of the missions movement, especially when we talk about American Christianity. Well, today we're hoping to steer this conversation to a more positive direction by asking this simple question. What is America's role in missions today? Even though American missions have had their fair share of mistakes and baggage, we believe God is still calling Americans into cross-cultural ministry and that American churches can still be engaged in the work of God's kingdom. To talk more about that, here are Jonathan Duncan, Sarah Parham, Sonia Pass, and Jim Ramsey. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Thy Kingdom Pod. Before we got started on our topic this morning, I have a couple of exciting announcements. First of all, our next episode will be our season finale, and we're going to go out with a bang and have a live episode. Now, in order for you to participate and join in to that live episode, you can register by going to TMS Global's link tree, which we will link in the show notes of this episode. Um, there, you'll find a button that says Thy Kingdom Pod Live Event Registration, and that's where you, you register for that event. It'll also, uh, we'll also have our social media channels plugging it between now and then. Um, I believe it's in a couple of weeks, but it's going to be a really great episode. And Sarah is going to tell us a little bit more about that. I'm really excited about this episode. We will be talking about the power of an unleashed church. Uh, TMS Global has been coaching and resourcing churches for more than 20 years. And we have discovered uh, some of the hurdles that churches face in really engaging deeply in missions, both locally and globally. And so we're going to share what some of those hurdles are and some tools to overcome the hurdles to engaging deeply in mission within your local church. We'll be having a guest on our two guests on our podcast uh, from TMS Global. Max Wilkins, our president and CEO of TMS Global, will be with us, as well as Rhonda Dahlin, who has served uh, for 20 years in the local church in local missions leadership and now serves along with Sonia Pass as one of our church coaches. So I'm excited for you guys to meet them and hear more about how TMS Global can resource churches. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, our president and CEO here at TMS will be there on the, on that episode. And he actually just released a new book published by Seedbed. Um, it's called Focusing My Gaze. And um, with this book, he really sought to unpack the story of God's grace as revealed through the prophet Isaiah. And so it's a, it's a deep dive on that. And I'm sure it's insightful um, I know that it is available on Seedbed's website for purchase, um, seedbed.com, and go to their, their book section and just type in either Max Wilkins or Focusing My Gaze to find it. It's not quite on Amazon yet. I'm sure there will be plans to put it on there at some point. But to check that out, go to seedbed.com. Once again, to register for that live podcast, just go to our link tree, uh, which we will put a direct link in the show notes, but in the event you're driving or listening while walking or something, the, the direct URL is simply linktree slash TMS global. And you kind of jam a dot in between the, the TR and EE of tree. So that's L I N K T R dot EE slash TMS global. Anyhow, I do, I think the topic we're talking about today is a really great precursor to what the live podcast in a couple of weeks will be um, addressing or what, what y'all will be discussing on it. Um, and today's topic is, 
Um, what is the role uh, or the place of the American church in missions? And um, I thought a great way to begin our discussion on that is just to, um, Jim, if you could just kind of remind us of what we talked about last time and kind of set the table for us to get us going. Sure. Last time we were talking about colonialism and missions and just the um, and, and part of the, the outcome of that is just the realization that the church is truly global now, and therefore missions is truly global. It's from everywhere to everywhere. And yet often historically, there has been uh, almost an unwritten assumption that missions was primarily from the West to the rest of the world. And so um, that discussion, the corollary to that discussion is then looking at what is the changing role of the, uh, of the church specifically in the United States uh, in the era of global missions, because we hear all kinds of, of things on that. Some churches have said the era of missions is gone, that uh, we just need to stay home and, and take care of our own. You hear some say that the we're in an era of missions now where we've passed the baton. We'll talk more about that maybe later. Um, and it's the job of other people now. Some say that we should just send our money and stay the heck home. Uh, so, so there's a lot of different ways that people are addressing the the reality of the change, uh, of, of the change in the global nature of mission. But the fact is the world has changed and we have to change and look at what our role is. Right. That makes sense. What, um, I've heard a lot of criticism of the way of not just missions in general, we've talked about that already, but a lot of criticism of how the American church specifically does missions, um, whether they're short-term or long-term, and maybe we can get into that. Maybe we should start with um, some of the stuff that the American church maybe gets right, if there isn't any, if there is something they get right. And then we can move on and talk about some of the common things that they, they get wrong. So, um, and this is for anybody. What are, what are some things that the American church specifically um, gets right when it comes to missions? I'll give a general statement. I'm going to leave it to, to Sonia or Sarah because they work closer with individual churches. I think a general thing is the American church has generally been an outward looking church in terms of at large of missions, the recognition that, that there is a calling to move beyond the walls. Uh, a lot of our pithy sayings are along those lines. Uh, there is kind of an assumption historically, especially the evangelical church that, that missions should exist. There should be something happening. Because the fact is when you move around the world, there are, you do find churches that pretty much it's it's very, it's only an inward focus. Now, certainly we see that in American churches, but I think at least the ethos, <laughs> there's an understanding that we should be outward focused at least right. in right. some parts of the world. There isn't. So I'd say that's something we, we do get right in general in this country with some exceptions that there that there is at least a sense there should be an outward focus, a missional focus, but I'll leave it to these guys for more specifics because they were more specific churches. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And even as we talk about it, I think it's important to remember that when we talk about the American church, we're not talking about just one church. We're talking about the American church that is made up of um, so many different denominations, so many different ethnicities, um, so many theological <laughs> views. Um, and so, because I understand that we're going to see this dichotomy between this church, a church that sins and sins and sins and gives lots of money, and then maybe a church that is not so active. Um, and so the recognition 
that when we say the American church, we are talking about a wide variety of, of individuals and congregations that make up the American church. Um, I think the other thing that this American church does well um, is, as Jim talked about the outward focus, I think the willingness to go, um, because you can have an outward focus and your outward focus could be wrapped up in your, your wallet, um, but, but the willingness to go, I think is a, is a really great way that the American church um, has been um, active in missions. Um, last, the last episode, you guys talked about colonialism. So some of the going, we've already talked about that, but just the willingness to go, I think is really huge for the American church. I really appreciate the distinction you make, Sonia, that the American church includes a lot of different churches um, because I actually have like a great appreciation for the many denominations and the many different focuses that each of them have. Some churches have been really excellent at caring for the poor. You see this in um, hospitals and schools being built, a lot of infrastructure kinds of things that have been really, truly helpful. And then there are some churches who are really excellent at really emphasizing the spiritual need of people. And so I guess I really appreciate the emphasis on the many different denominations because some of our problem comes in when we expect one church to be perfect at all things. And really what we got to look at is the the big church all together. Are we really fully representing Christ all together when we add up all of the missions that the missions, which when we use an S, we're kind of talking about the work, the S at the end of missions, Mm. the work that the church does to engage in God's mission, which is singular. God's Mm. mission is singular to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Um, but each of the individual acts. And so when we tend to look at an individual church and say, you are not getting it perfect, it's really challenging Mm. because no church is going to get it perfect. And it was never intended for the mission of God to be given to one body of Christ to enact. Right. Um, So I just, I guess I really appreciate that. And I think it's a really helpful way to look at at the missions work of the church in the United States and to say, when you say, what are we doing? Well, you got to look at a really, really big picture and say all together, there's quite a bit that is going well. Now for my favorite part, just kidding. <laughs> Cause I really, and I, I really am kidding. Cause I don't like dunking on the church, although they make it so easy to do sometimes, especially with some of their more vocal leaders. Um, what are some things that come to mind when we, when, when I say, Hey, these are some common things the American church gets wrong when it comes to missions. What are some of the most common things? Can I jump in here right away? Yeah, girl, you're chopping <laughs> because, at the bit to just throw it on, pile it on. Come on, let's go. No, actually what I want to say is that the mission world is actually <laughs> in its corrective of the church has immobilized the church. Uh, and so I want to really, what do you mean, do you mean by that? Immobilize. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to cautiously say this, um, that the mission world has been quick to point out the flaws of the church when helping hurts, that kind of thing, or, um, short-term teams are bad, you know, this kind of like these, you can find these headlines anywhere written mm. from a missiological, a missiologist point of view from the mission world. And I want to be really cautious to say that. 
what we have done by pointing out those flaws has immobilized the church. We have told the church at every single turn, what you're doing is wrong. And it has actually really immobilized the church where they feel like, oh, can't do that. I don't, I believe the church really wants to do good. I like have a lot of faith in the, the motivation and the heart of God's people to do good in the world. And when we simply say, oh, you've done this wrong, just the extreme difference between how to help without hurting. And I don't want to like pick on that book. It's just been thrown around in the mission world. Like the book is really good and it points out some really great things. But when you lead with a title that says when helping hurts, it immediately makes people pull back um, as opposed mm-hmm. to saying like how to help without hurting, like instructing the church in a mm-hmm. better way. So I would actually point the finger, like in all the ways that we want to correct the church and its way of doing missions, I actually would want to point the finger back at the mission world and say, um, we could probably do a little bit better in, in our um, speaking about the church and in our way of coming mm. alongside the church. Cause that's the whole point of the mission world, right? Is to come alongside the church to help her engage in what she's supposed to be about. The church is to be about the mission of God not mission agencies. We're to come alongside the church. So I think I just want to throw that out there and say, we have to be careful when we, we point out these flaws. I think that's a, that's an important point in, in how we want this entire discussion to go, because there are some things that are, are not done well. Um, but in my experience is off because of simply lack of discussion, lack of reflection, exactly um, enabling some of the, kind of dominant cultural values to to guide our thinking rather than the scriptures guiding our thinking. And those are all things that the corrective is, is discussion, reflection, um, going into God's word, um, not just reprimanding. And so I think it's important we don't come across as, as reprimanding. Uh, having said that, I think that one of the things that the, the main corrective that is happening has, has been recognizing that American culture has been fairly dominant globally and that we have in many cases in churches taken that sort of triumphal attitude. I remember when the Soviet Union first collapsed, there was a lot of triumphalism in the country in the 90s. And so you'd have churches just kind of jumped on that wave of triumphalism. So and and you'd hear in the language, you know, we're sending people in to do and it was it was very much a a dominant, we're coming in with solutions, we're coming to help these these poor, you know, former communists. And <laughs> that I think has been the bigger challenge to the church historically, and the American church has been that kind of more allowing the American culture of triumphalism, of dominance to to be how we perceive mission. We're going to help those poor people. Now, I think that what Sarah said is spot on as far as the corrective. The corrective that has often been, because we tend to think in, in binaries in this country, the corrective has been, oh, no, that's not good. So therefore, we should stay home. We have nothing to offer. Um, or if we do it, we're going to get it wrong. And so at, we have seen that. What Sarah said is absolutely true. But that doesn't mean that the other was okay either. And But the solution to that, in, in my opinion, is how do we reflect? How do we listen to people who we want to serve among? So did we really have much listing back in the Soviet days to the people that we were going to serve? Or did we mm-hmm. kind of come in with our solution and our triumphalism and our we won the Cold War-ism um, wow. is, is kind of what, what I saw. That's really good, Jim. I think along with that, something else that I've seen 
that I think goes hand in hand with exactly what you just described is this unwillingness to um, pass the ministry on to Mm -hmm. once almost like this discipling process. Once you pour in and pour in to move out of the way and allow um, the nationals or partners to continue um, we're quick to run in and to hold on to it. And what I mean by that, for instance, as I served in Kenya, I came across people who had been um, on the field for 30 years. And there's nothing wrong with being on the field for 30 years. That's fantastic. But if you're on the field and you're holding on to every part of the ministry and you're constantly directing rather than passing it on and allow those that you're working with um, to actually do the work, um, then you're, I think you're standing in the way of what God could really do in that nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much of this is mindset and attitude. Mm. And that's why I think the work has to be done is, is mindset and attitude. It's it's an incredible opportunity for us to to, to be engaged. I've kind of seen, you know, I'm, I'm in my older years now, and I've seen kind of different iterations of what missions look like. And I'm speaking specifically of the more evangelical slice of the church that I've mostly been a part of, um, some denominational, some non-denominational. But, you know, back when I was a kid, it was a thumbtack on the bulletin board. If, it, if someone said our church is active in mission, there was thumbtacks on the bulletin board that said, these are the people we support. So in that case, missions was more of an outsourced thing. Um, to be active in missions meant that we supported missionaries. And usually once a year, we'd have a missions conference, maybe if that much. Um, mm-hmm. I actually grew up in a church I almost never even heard about missions, but I think we supported it. I just didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we seem to go to an iteration of begin to send teams. People want to be a part of it, but there's still kind of that triumphalism mentality, but sending teams. So a church involved in mission meant we send lots of teams around the world. Um, and then you have this kind of iteration now, which is kind of like, sometimes it's just, we send money around the world or we just do stuff locally. I mean, it's kind of all over the map now, mm-hmm. but they get all those things. What is missing <laughs> is the reflectiveness really reflecting on mission, their true partnership. We, in fact, I almost don't use the word partnership anymore working internationally because so often what partnership means is either you, my international leader, are doing our vision or we're just funding you. But the relational, the, the alongside, the together aspect is often missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we either see that thing or we see a, a complete pullback. And so I think just that that willingness to have more reflection, more thinking about the global church, we're all in this together is what can be missing. And to still these guys thunder is that organizing a lot of churches, missions is a program of the church. You have a missions committee and this is, was your church to a mission? We'll talk to our missions committee, but it's not integrated in the, the whole church. Right. And that that is a fundamental structural problem like we have in a lot of our churches before we hit that can you very briefly because i know what you mean when you say americans arrive with a sense of triumphalism can you very briefly just be specific about what you mean what that attitude looks like when they arrive it's kind of the we won attitude um we've got the power we've got the goods we've got the the right way of thinking um, okay. and, and the triumphalism was especially the word I'd use around this, the former Soviet Union, because there was, we won the cold war is, is kind of the, and in a sense, there's truth to that, <laughs> but how does that, how does that play out in mission? Is that the way the gospel spreads most effectively I is on the, on the coattails of the victors? I, um, I would argue probably not <laughs> the most effective way for the gospel to spread. 
I got you. Thanks. I just wanted to clarify that. Sure. Now, you, you were touching on the how the structure of the American church um, may not be how missions may not be fully integrated into a church. It's a siloed committee or department. Um, Sarah, Sonia, is that accurate? <laughs> I think it's accurate uh, for some churches. Again, I, I have to go back to where we started. Um, for some churches, it, it is accurate. For some, um, it is not. And the is not would be churches who have done nothing in missions um, and not because they don't want to, just because um, there has not been a witness for what missions could look like for that church. Um, I think there has been a lot of focus in some communities on their own communities just by the sheer nature um, of our our nation and, and how we've grown and developed. Um, so yeah, it could it could look very different in different churches. We we work with churches who do missions extremely well. They they send individuals um, across the seas. They they're doing work in their local communities. They're um, talking about missions from the pulpit, um, not just this committee that's that's sitting aside waiting to hand out money, but it's deeply ingrained in the church and. For those churches, I would say that that's fantastic, but maybe something different. And I hope I'm not redirecting us. If I am, bring us bring me back, Jonathan. Um, one of the things that would be so powerful for that particular type of church is to seek to come alongside a church that is not doing mm. missions well. Mm. Um, that's another form of that relationship building relationship slash partnership. What is our new role um, that's a part of what we're talking about in missions today for the American church. And that is for the churches that are doing extremely well um, to, to just pause and look beside you rather than looking across the seas constantly. If you've been doing that, that's fantastic. And it's a blessing. Uh, but look beside you at the church that's there, particularly in this post-COVID season where some churches have not survived mm. um, and some churches are hurting. Um, to just look beside you in order to, to help another church to do it well, not to come in with this triumphalism that, that Jim was just talking about, but with a question, how can we walk beside you? One of the really important things uh, in the local church for us to understand is the integration between discipleship and missions. And this is something that we talk about quite a bit and why the American church cannot have a pass on missions uh, we can't sit it out and, and allow you know, the global church to um, go on without us. It's not like this is a baton that gets passed on. Mm. It is something that we all are called by God to engage in. It is a part of our discipleship to engage in missions. If you take the teachings of Jesus seriously, that you were to care for the orphan, the poor, and the widow, um, when you see Jesus in the least of these, we are all called to that. Every individual in every church is called to live out that. And so that's the problem when missions becomes a committee and discipleship becomes a book that you have sliced away. Missions is actually the outliving of our discipleship. Um, so when those two are integrated, I think that's when we see churches come alive. It's when we discover, rediscover 
really that we're all in this together. It's really the global church being in this together mm. about yeah. the same thing, about becoming more and more like the image of God. I really like that, Sarah, what you said about missions becomes a committee and discipleship becomes a book. <laughs> uh, that is that is really, really astute. Um, I think I, I want to add in here that the opportunities are just incredible right now. And that's what right. that's what when I hear about churches pulling back or saying, well, the the, the, the time of the West is gone. We've passed the baton, which is, I think is horribly because was it our baton to start with is always my question. Whose baton was it? And so there's, there's just a lot built even into that phrase, I think is, is, is not helpful, but the opportunity now is the church is truly global. The possibility of doing this alongside others um, is incredible. The possibility of listening to the voices of the global church. Um, another a book that was just written by someone I know, Alan Yeh, called Polycentric Missions, mm-hmm. talks about the fact that, that missions is the sending of missions. It's from everywhere, that we're all in this together. So we're, we're almost like missing the train if we mm-hmm. begin to pull away. But we have to, we engage differently. We're not always in the driver's seat. Are we okay with being in missions where we're not in the driver's seat? Mm-hmm. Are we okay with being in missions where we don't have a baton to pass? because we're all carrying it together. Mm. Um, are we willing to look at missions with the opportunities locally rather than just being over there, but recognizing that there's many things in our own culture that need serious effort by the church that's highly missional? Do we have a voice to say um, in a pandemic? Do we have the voice to say in among racial unrest? All those things are missional. Mm. Are we willing to hear from the global church on our own issues? Are we willing to let them speak into oh us that's and form good. us? <laughs> So the opportunity, the opportunity profile is ridiculously amazing right now, probably mm-hmm. unprecedented in world history. And so that's why I think just saying, well, we're not getting this right, or we need to read a book and then do better with our short-term missions is missing the possibilities of the church to really go deep in what it means to be a missional church nowadays. So, sorry, Sonia, you go ahead, then I'll go. No, I was just, I was just thinking as I was pondering this subject, um, over the past 24 hours, one of the things that really struck me is we've talked so many times about the nations now coming to us. And it's true. The nations are coming to us. And so what if we received the nations in a way um, that we allowed them to pour into us, that we rather than just send, we receive and allow them to minister um, to us? Because there's so many in truth if we think about the American church, there are so many fractures that are within our American church. And this is not the, talking about those fractures is not the point of our podcast today. But we have to recognize that that's truth. We've done some amazing things, mm-hmm. but there are fractures in our church and to for the nations that have come to us. And I know when we say that we're talking about those who come that give us an opportunity to share Christ with them. But there are individuals as Jim, I think Jim started off by saying that the nations that we're it's from everywhere to everywhere now. And so there are individuals who have come to this nation to serve as a missionary or as a cross-cultural worker and to receive them into our ministries and allow them to pour into us and to help fill in where some of those gaps are. The question is, are we willing to give space for that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, something that you mentioned, Sonia, and I think Jim mentioned it and Sarah, the book you brought up, I think deals with it directly. And it's not something that we've specifically touched on. And before we move transition out of 
some of the things we get wrong into some of the solutions. Um, Short-term missions, very popular, local church, American church. Um, the book you mentioned where you stated when helping hurts, is that the name of the book? And you stated that like, while the corrective is help, like the corrective is right, but it's maybe overstated. What, what is, for those who don't know what the issue is with it, for those who just have no idea, I'd love just a very brief, um, someone just talked to me very briefly about short-term mission and the ways it can be done well and the ways it's done badly. Wow. Um, brief will be the challenge. I'll, I'll behave and then you all <laughs> Gotta can Gotta be brief. And, yeah. <laughs> we could probably do a whole episode on this. I understand well, that. And the, the main thing with the help when helping hurts is getting at is what we call unhealthy dependency. And that is when we, we go with our power and our economic power, our money that we have. Because the fact is you look at the world economically, we got, we got stuff here. We got economic power. And so we go with that. And so we bring our money over and we begin paying pastor salaries. We begin building buildings, all these things. None of these things of themselves are necessarily bad things. I want to be careful with it. Um, but, but we need to be reflective on those things. If, if we lead with money as the primary mover of the relationship, there tends to be damage done, not intentional damage, but it, it affects economies. It affects um, how people perceive us. It affects how people are willing to speak back to us if they know we've got all the money, the power. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it creates unhealthy dependency is, is the way I put it. So the, the book is good at addressing that. The problems I've seen have been a couple. First is oh, it can oversimplify. Therefore, money should never be a part of that. We have, we have money. We have resources. For us to say, oh, sorry, little friend, um, you can't handle our money. That's just as patronizing as going with all the money and dumping it in there. So we have to address the issue, be willing to talk about the, the, the issue, not just say, oh, we're not going to give it. That's where the oversimplification becomes a problem, I think. And, um, and then we never lead with the money really make sure it's relational and and mm. be a lot of reflection so it's that's kind of where where that book is addressing right, right. um and where i think sometimes short-term missions has gotten it wrong when it's mostly about money mostly about building mostly about funding things rather than about really building deep and long-lasting relationships i think the other piece to that is there's there's this assumption that what I'm bringing and what I know is better and never the idea of going in asking, what is it that you need? Um, and so I think that posture and that particular worldview also is, is a part of what hurts within the, an attempt to help. Um, right. So that, that posture abs absolutely hurts as well. So a, a local American church that maybe has formed a partnership, long lasting partnership with someone in another nation and they routinely go once or twice a year, that's a better model than someone who's uh, just kind of cherry picking different countries here and there, so to speak. The relate, I'd say the key thing is relationship because even if you go to the same place every time, if you're simply funding this one ministry, what, what that often will do inadvertently is extract those people from their own culture. Uh -huh. Their ship has sailed. I got you. I got you. It's like, or the ship has come in. I remember talking to a guy in Haiti once who, who has a very successful ministry and he's, he's been very careful not to let it become dependent on outsiders. Right. But he said, 
almost every Haitian leader will ask him, who is your Blanc? And meaning who's basically the, the question is who's the white dude or white organization behind you. Wow. So there's that assumption. It's been so saturated with, with this kind of unhealthy dependency. The assumption is if you have successful ministry, there must be some American group that's funding it. That's not healthy. <laughs> and that's right. what we have to work on. Right. So um, as we begin to land this plane, um, Sonia and Sarah, I'm really glad that you guys shared about what the role of the church should be in missions, especially right now, post COVID where there where Jim mentioned, there's just tons of opportunity to come alongside churches who may be doing it wrong, churches who are struggling, hurting. Um, so for somebody listening to this and thinking, wow, my church is pretty bad at missions or mission based on what I'm hearing. What could they do about it? I think I would start by gently redirecting the thought as in my church is pretty bad at missions. Um, I would say that to look at it as from the perspective that there is a lot of opportunity for my church to grow in missions okay. rather than it's bad. Um because if you're meeting, if you're gathering, if you're focusing on Christ, and there's a lot of good there. And it's just a matter. I think we talked about awareness and 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 um, not even training initially, but just awareness. So I would start with with kind of massaging that idea that pretty bad, I would say. I recognize that there's a lot of opportunity in my church to grow in missions. Yeah, because that really is the posture, uh, right? So like if your yeah. church is engaging missions, this is why I go back to the very beginning. I really believe in the heart of the church to do good. I don't believe that any church who is engaging in missions is really hoping to actually take over the world. <laughs> like, I yeah. just don't believe that. And they're, they're trying to hurt anything. They're really not. Like churches really desire to do good. So I want to fan that into flame and to say, your church is engaged in missions. Praise God. Learn, you know, go speak to your leaders and approach your leaders in a learning posture. If you know something and you feel like there's ways you can grow, the ways you help others grow alongside you is by asking questions and, and digging in together. So I would just, you know, encourage someone, particularly if it's like um, someone who's not in leadership in the church, but just kind of, um, wanting to engage the leadership of the church, engaging in a healthy way of um, wanting to listen and learn alongside. Because uh, mm. again, like the whole point of missions is not to come in with the answers, to come in as the expert. And so the way you go about even engaging in growth in missions inside the church should be reflective of the posture you want to take in the mission work you're going to be doing wherever you are. So mm -hmm. engage with leadership in your church and ask questions and um, present the things, just share what you have learned and ask questions, but with a really open posture and an attitude of, of love and, and a desire for growth. Um, no accusations or condemnations because we know those things don't take us yeah. very far. Um, I mean, not in any mission world, even in, improving missions. I wouldn't even encourage that in the name of improving missions. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that really starts a fire. It lights a fire. I can tell you from my own experience years and years ago, uh, when I was introduced to missions out of a church that wasn't doing anything with missions, we didn't have any examples of missionaries. There was nothing there. And when the Lord touched my pastor's heart at that time, 
an expansion into missions. There were only two of us who responded to that, but it only took two to mm. light a fire. And we moved over a course of probably a couple of years of just two of us having interest into groups of people that have a desire to go and serve to people wanting to give their money, people wanting to welcome um, international students into their homes is an opportunity. And so it all it takes is a recognition and awareness and an open heart um, and share that. You don't need a platform. You don't need a pulpit okay. in order to do that. Just in your circles within your church, within your ministries, begin to share what you're learning and it'll light a fire. So what I'm let me repeat back what I hear you guys saying when you know, the topic of this episode is, does the American church still have a place in mission? The answer is it absolutely does. And even though we've gotten a lot of things wrong, the important thing is to figure out the attitudes and the mentalities and the postures that are incorrect and not be afraid to get it wrong, but be willing to admit when we get it wrong and try to shift. Um, did I repeat that back correctly? <laughs> And one of the voice in this whole discussion, I think this has been an issue that I've heard, is our international friends and international church mm -hmm. leaders. Oh, yeah. Often the people who are saying the American church doesn't have a place of mission now are, are American <laughs> church leaders. If you talk to most international church leaders, they're saying, yes, you have a role of missions. Yes, the Lord still calls. It's They, they were, in fact, one of my friends in India who leads a seminary in India said, it's, it's heresy to say you don't have a church, a place in missions. Because wow. you're the church, and the church has a place in missions. So our our international friends are saying, yes, you have a place in missions. You you belong in missions. But then they'll before they breathe, <laughs> they'll say, but we need you alongside. We need you with us. You don't you don't need to be in the driver's seat. You don't need to feel like you've got a controller. You've got to have all the answers. You've got to have all the funding. Um, that's the big difference. But our international church leaders are saying yes. Um, you have a place, you you bring your gifts to the table um, and we need those gifts in the global church. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So based on everything we're talking about, Sarah, Sonia, which, whichever one of you want to respond, what can people look forward to learning? What are some of the things people can look forward to learning on the live finale in a, in a couple of weeks that is focusing on how, uh, on how the church um, can do a better job of this? Uh, that's a great question, Jonathan. We're really excited about um, the live podcast uh, because we're going to be able to identify in our experience over the past 20 years, as Sarah said, and we're coming alongside churches, identify some common hurdles. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's a large church, a small church, a church plant, actually, um, mm -hmm. but some common hurdles that we have seen and tools that we have available and how we come alongside churches to overcome those hurdles. The good news is that those hurdles can be overcome mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't take a lot of work. It just takes some intentional work that begins with prayer. I think prayer is like the only thing we haven't mentioned in our podcast this morning. I know it's, it's pretty standard, but there's so many, so many scriptures where the Lord is saying, ask me. Um, scriptures in mm -hmm. Psalms and Isaiah. And if we ask him the Lord of the harvest, then we'll begin to see some real moves. And so live podcast, uh, we're going to talk about those hurdles and give some really simple 
um, tools for intentionality and helping to shift um, some mindsets to be more engaged in missions. That sounds awesome. Once again, that live podcast is going to be, and I don't think I've mentioned the date. My apologies. It's June 17th. That's a Thursday. And there we're going to get kicked off at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, and uh, again, to register for that, um, you can go to the show notes and click on the Linktree link on Linktree slash TMS Global and find the Black Kingdom Pod live event registration button. Um, for those of you who may not be able to join us live, it will be uploaded as a regular podcast episode um, soon after um, um, we broadcast it. And I believe we'll also have a video link for that as well um, on our social media feeds. Um, so once again, that's linktree slash TMS Global, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash TMS Global, and just find the Thy Kingdom Pod live event registration button. And it has all the details there. Thursday, June 17th at 11 a.m. And you'll hear from Sonia and Sarah as they're joined by another colleague, Rhonda, who works with churches and our president and CEO here at TMS Global, Max Wilkins, will be with us. Um, guys, is there anything else you want to share about churches and missions or anything? I, the last line I'll say is what our president would say, and he says all the time, is that, that missions is the reason the church exists. So if a church is not engaged in mission, it's not being the church. Mm. So to say, should the American church be involved in mission? The answer is almost self-defining. It, it, it has to be by its very nature. Yeah. But how is it? What is its role? That is the thing that we need to reflect on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you again for listening to Thy Kingdom Pod. If you liked this show, please rate and review on whatever platform you're listening and tell a friend. To find out more about TMS Global, our ministries, and the ways that you can support them, you can go to our website at tmsglobal.org. That's tms-global.org. Also, you can go follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at TMS Global, but spelled without the A. That's T. M-S-G-L-O-B-L. Thanks, and we'll see you next episode.